the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, Rob Black and your money on the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 AM. Here's Rob Black. Good morning. Good Friday. And time flies, doesn't it? Just a couple of days ago, I felt like I was a seven-year-old kid. Now, whoa, pushing 40. Life is moving on. Time does fly. Um, Yeah, it's Friday, so it's good. We're two weeks into earnings season. This is a show called Rob Black and Your Money, where we talk about your money. We're two weeks into earnings season, and we're doing pretty good as far as earnings go. But as far as outlook goes, we'll talk a little bit about that, because uh, I think that's up for interpretation. And, you know, I'm certainly here to help, so to speak. You know, on a day-by-day basis, different companies come public. And on a day-by-day basis, they're telling us different things, like UPS a couple of days ago, uh, ultimately told us that the economy is doing pretty good. Uh, the U.S. domestic economy, a little bit of Europe, you know, UPS has got a little bit of that. They continue to do quite well. Um, you know, on a day, like yeah, last night, Microsoft, they show us that the corporate enterprise is alive and that they're upgrading PCs and that they're making billions of dollars, which is the ultimate goal of Wall Street, right? You make money, you share it with your investors, as a corporation, one thing that I want you to start doing a little bit more of is seeing corporations as people. A couple of years ago, I was watching, uh, I think it was like a PBS documentary series called Corporation. Great, 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 fantastic documentary series. And uh, one of the, the things that really hit me was they go, corporations are people. Under the, under the law of land, corporations are, are defined as people. And if you think about it, on that level, think of it like you. Um, where's your revenue on a year-over-year basis? Where's your earnings on a year-over-year basis? Uh, would you invest in yourself? You know, uh, Are there people that you would not invest a dime in because they just create problems and are trouble? Or are there people that you wouldn't invest in because they just tend to spend money and burn it away every time they ha- you know, get you know, their hands on a dollar? That's how you th- have to start thinking of corporations, okay? Does that help a little bit? Just a little bit? Understanding what I do with Wall Street? So Microsoft is like my friend Mike. You know, Apple is like my friend Steve. So I like Steve a little bit more than I like Mike going forward is computing's moving a little bit away from the desktop laptop and onto the phone and onto the pad. Now, again, that doesn't mean that netbooks or notebooks or desktops are gone forever, but it's moving that way, right? Do you see it? I do. Um, I used to get home at night and say, honey, I'm going to go to the back office and check my email before I go to bed. Now I just whip out the iPhone, hit my email button and see if anyone sent anything to me. So corporations are people. Corporations are people. And you'll make yourself a lot more money if you think that. You can even think of mutual funds as people. You know, uh, for instance, a European mutual fund or an Asian mutual fund, you know, I could say something offensive and stupid and put my foot in my mouth like uh, your European friend, uh, you know, Monty, Monty, and uh, your Asian friend. What's a good Asian name that offends as many people as possible? I don't know. Nico. So you could look at mutual funds and say, you know, gosh, Asia's growing really fast. 
I would invest in that. I, I do believe in that. Like I see new roads and I see new buildings and I see middle class. And you would invest in that, right? Being creative, people with jobs. Uh, the movie Slumdog Millionaire, where you saw, you know, really, really poor kids get jobs in the telecom sector, you know, working for Dell. You know, <laughs> you see it, right? You saw what was slums torn down and create buildings and, and luxury apartments, right? You saw it in the movie. So that's your investing in your friend Nico or Asia. You you get this, I hope. I truly, truly hope. I do my darnness to make this show, you know, applicable and easy for you to grasp and get a hold of. Today, we see the Dow's up 11, the Nasdaq's down 7, the S&P 500's down 1. Now, something big is happening today on Wall Street. Now, I'm not one to exaggerate. I've told myself, if I've told myself once, I've told myself a million times not to exaggerate. But something big is happening today. Seven European Union banks have failed the worst-case stress test scenario. Seven out of 91 European banks failed stress tests aimed at measuring their strength in case of the continent's government debt crisis would worsen. So a couple months ago, Greece got into some problems. They had debt, i.e. bonds. Someone lent them money. It's an IOU. A bond is an IOU. So Greece had IOUs, and their taxes just couldn't cover it. So they, they looked like they were going to fail or stress out. So the IMF and the European Union bailed out Greece, basically collateralized their debt. And ultimately, you know, my money, I was like, I'm not going to put my money in my, my good friend Montgomery, you know, my, my European friend. I'm not going to, you know, Pierre, let's call, let's call our European mutual fund Pierre. I'm like, I'm not going to put my money there because I'm scared. What happens if Greece turns into Spain or Spain turns into uh, Portugal? Now, how could that happen? You know, Greece is, it's not a third world country, but it's, it's certainly not as dominant as Spain or Germany, right? Well, remember those IOUs? The people that lent Greece money were the banks from Spain and the banks from Germany. So they've got debt problems. Now, what's that mean? With a bank in the United States, banks are allowed to lend, I'm going to give you a hypothetical. For every dollar in assets they get from you, they could go out and lend $30, Okay. So if you pull a dollar out, they've got to trim $30 in lending. That's why when people take all their money out of the banks and they don't believe in the banks, it creates the, a run on the banks. They got to get all their debt back in, in hand because by law, they could only lend out so much based on how many, what dollars they have in assets or in cash. Same thing with Europe. So when you have debt that's bad, suddenly you have people that are afraid that you know, the banks are going to fail. People start taking their money out. You know, loans start to fail. No new money's coming in, and it becomes a problem. So today we're learning that seven European Union banks would fail a worst-case stress test scenario. Seven out of 91. Now, we'll see how that plays out on Wall Street. My assumption is it's going to be okay. So far, we've seen stocks mixed amidst the earnings after the European stress test. The euro fell today after the stress test details started to emerge. But the market's not crapping out. The market's not jumping out of a building. It's not a panic or a fear or anything like that. It, it's all controllable. So about a month ago, I said, there's three things wrong this summer. One of them is China is no longer going to control their currency as much. One thing that they've done is they've made it incredibly attractive, China has, for companies like ours, like Apple, to manufacture there. They've got a cheap cost of labor. And the, the currency is really easy and really flexible to use. So exporting it back to our own country where you turn business from a yuan, Chinese currency, into a dollar, American currency, it was very, very favorable. Now, 
The problem is, is China's got this young workforce. It's angry. All they do is work. They don't get enough money to go out and play. You know, you earn money. You want to play. You want to smoke cigarettes. You want to wear jeans. And and the wages just weren't that good. So China's like, we got to be start being nice to our people. So we're going to change a little bit of how easy we make it for the world, of how much we're going to export the world's goods, because we want to become consumers. We don't just want to be workers for the world. We want to be consumers. America gets gets a bad MO at times because we are the, the world's consumers. We get an earned paycheck. We spend it pretty much so aggressively, pretty much so aggressively across the board. So that's one problem, Asia, Asia and China. Second problem in the world was Europe and Greece. How far does this spread? And now it's no longer the sovereign debt headlines. It's the banks. Again, it's a little bit early in the day uh, for me to say for sure. But seven banks would fail in a worst case scenario. That seems to be holding. The market doesn't seem to be blinking very much at that. So that one's gone. It's the demon known versus the demon unknown. And here's the problem with America. There's, Like I said, there's three problems. There's Europe. There's Asia. And I think the European issue is starting to clear up. It's, we're starting to get a little bit more demon known. In the United States, it's the jobs. Remember a couple of years ago, President Obama said, with my stimulus plan, and it's the world's worst impression of President Obama, he goes, with my stimulus plan, unemployment won't go above 8%. Guess what? It went above 8%. So we don't have a good feeling on where the jobs unemployment goes or doesn't go. Now we know in the last six months it's not getting worse, but we also know it's getting better at a snail's pace. Okay. So we got to figure out when did jobs come back? Because once jobs come back, I've already said this, we're the nation's consumers. We will save the world, but we need some more jobs to save ourselves and to help our stock market. So Microsoft last night capped off a positive week of second quarter earnings, uh, and that fuels investor optimism. Today, the market's higher. Drumbeat of sentiment pushed the S&P 500 up 2.3% yesterday. Yesterday, very good day. Today looks like a sideways day. Positive aftermarket results from uh, American Express. American Express is an important one. Why? Because American Express lends money to small businesses. It is a reflection of small businesses. Amazon.com had a miss. That's the first miss that they've had since the second quarter of 2006. Now, Amazon's down 11% in, in trading today, in large part because the consumer doesn't have jobs. They're not spending as much. Consumer confidence isn't so high because we think our job's next. They don't spend as much. So Ford had just, I'm telling you, they had a quarter that was so good, they deserve a cigarette. Ford had a really, really good quarter. Let's take a little bit of a break here. Let's open up the phone lines. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I need some phone calls today. Kind of underprepared because I knew the phone calls would be there today because it's the end of the week. 800-345-5639. The Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 a.m. Your money. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Don't be shy today. Um, we can talk about anything that's on your mind. Anything that's on your mind. Easy, pleasy. Whether it's how to fund college. Whether it's I haven't started saving. What do I do? Anything that's on your mind, like for instance, you know one that still surprises me, and this is a huge surprise to me, is McDonald's. McDonald's is a publicly traded company. You, of course, you know that. 
But what surprises me about it is they've had just an amazing, amazing run in the last couple of years that I saw some of it coming. They had a play on the euro when the dollar was weaker. French people could go, ooh, la, 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 chicken McNuggets. They were able to get chicken McNuggets basically cheaper because their euro was buying more of, of these products. They had more buying power, so to speak. Um, as far as McDonald's goes, publicly traded company, you all know the story about Roy Kroc and how he basically bought the franchise from the McDonald brothers and uh, went on to basically rule the world. McDonald's is such an interesting company to me that I will go as far as to say it's not the company that you think it is. It's it's bigger. It's to me McDonald's is a play on real estate. I know you're saying how where does that come from, Black? <laughs> to me, it's a play on real estate in large part. Think about it for just a second. Um, all those stores that they bought years and years and years ago, the corporate stores. They're not, you know, some franchises, some not franchises, but the, the property's theirs. Um, they're an international company. Oh, and by the way, some analysts want uh, McDonald's to start selling that real estate or turning it into a REIT or somehow monetizing it because it's kind of a, one of the hidden values inside of uh, the corporation. They do $22 billion a year in sales. That's a lot of nuggets. Serving billions of hamburgers, they've put a shine on the arches. They're a company in Asia. They're a company in the Middle East. They're a company in Europe. They're a company in North America. They're a company in South America. Anywhere you go, you almost can't go anywhere in the world and not see McDonald's. You know, if you go to Aruba and try to get away from it all and, and get into that desert tropical setting, nope, <laughs> nope, uh, you're going to see the nuggets there. So a lot of eateries and airports and retail areas, high traffic locations. 80% of the restaurants are run by franchisees or affiliates. So this is a powerful company. Now, if you take a look at the last five years, it's gone from $30 a share to $70 a share. It's hitting an all-time high today. That's not too shabby. Wall Street's not hitting an all-time high today. If you take a look back to 1960, it made money from 1970 to 75. 75 to 80, it kind of went sideways. 80 to 85, it went up. 85 to 90, it went up. 90 to 95, it went up. 95 to 2000, it went up. 2000 and 2005, it went sideways, and 2005 to 2010, it went up. So what do we got there? 40 years, right? It's gone up in six out of eight five-year periods. That's an investment, ladies and gentlemen. That is an investment. Now, one of the problems is this is a very mature company. So it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to make money going forward because unless they're going to come out with McNuggets 2.0, it's going to be tough to you know jumpstart. Like I did McDonald's, I ate McDonald's. I admit it in my teens and my early twenties. I haven't been to a McDonald's in ten years. When I do go to a McDonald's, it's to get like a, a shake, a drive-through kind of thing, and that's it. Like I'm not going to spend money eating their meals. I don't like their food, right? But in the last ten years, they've really super vamped up. And uh, this quarter, McDonald's ticker symbol MCD, they posted a twelve percent gain in profit, tied towards frappes and smoothies. I know. A couple of years ago, they, they started to reinvent themselves with high-quality coffee. And their coffee trick was kind of interesting. One of the problems with coffee is you brew it, sits around, it gets bad. So the way they fixed that was they started brewing single cups. When you order a cup of coffee, they go push a button, bloop. Hot water goes into the, the coffee and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You got an instant cup of coffee uh, at the perfect temperature. I think coffee is supposed to be like 171 degrees or something like that. 
water comes out perfect. And McDonald's is known for consistency, right? They're using the K-cups. You know, I oftentimes talk about uh, the new K-cup technology. It's a great Christmas gift, by the way. It's single cups of coffee. It's single cups of hot cocoa. It's single cups of decaf. It's single cups of tea. And you brew it on the spot. Boom, done. No wastage, right? No stale coffee. No sitting around. So McDonald's is really figuring out. And when they introduced the frappes and the smoothies, I said, that's going to work. Because the coffee worked. I didn't think the coffee was going to work because in my mind, there was a a situation in my head where Starbucks is, let's face it, it's kind of a status symbol, right? Starbucks is, you drink a cup of Starbucks or maybe a local coffee company. um, You're kind of cool. You're kind of hip. You're kind of sexy. You overpay for coffee. I always thought McDonald's would never succeed here because, well, it's not sexy. Who wants to see a, a golden arches, right? No one. But they're going to introduce some new products as well. And I've been wrong on them. And I'm telling you, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. So there's not a lot of competition out there for McDonald's at this point in time. None of the other burger chains have the beverage platform that McDonald's has. Burger King doesn't have it. Wendy's doesn't have it. Um, In-N-Out Burger doesn't have it. They don't have the coffee. They don't have the frappes. They don't have what people are, are demanding right now. None of them. So they have no competition. They're coming out with a new Angus snack wrap. Hot oatmeal. Frozen lemonade. Now, again... I'm not doubting the company anymore. I look at that chart and enough said it's gone up 30 years out of 40. If you were to break it down in five year periods, that gets you to your retirement. That does it. That's your winner right there. They have exposure into Europe. They got exposure into Asia. They got exposure in the Middle East and Africa, and they're growing 10 percentage points, you know, year over year in foreign markets done. You don't need to like, oh. That's the problem that we make on Wall Street sometimes. We make it too tough. We try to make it too smart. Now, again, are you going to make money this year? No. Are you going to make the hot tech stock, you know, pick with McDonald's? No. But is it going to get you in trouble? Not a chance. Not a chance in any way, shape, or form. Okay, so remember, let's change topics ever so slightly and and make a call for for calls. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345. Three four five five six three nine. Saw the premiere of Mad Men. Starts this weekend, but I got to see the premiere of it. Fantastic. Fourth season's kicking off, and it's kicking off just like last season ended. Hot, sexy, wonderful. You're gonna love it this season. Anyway, um, Dow's up sixty five. Last segment, I talked a little bit about how seven banks out of ninety one in the European stress test failed, and what we're seeing now is, um. The market's moving a little higher. Now that we've had 10, 20, 30 minutes of, of looking at this, it's spiking. The Dow's up 71 points. The Nasdaq's up 11 points. The S&P 500 up six. A couple minutes ago, it was flat. I always said it was it was a sideways day. So um, this is a big move, and I, I kind of like it. This news just in as well. Hot, fresh, breaking news for you. General Motors is going to file an IPO in the week of August 16th. General Motors... Plans to file its registration for an initial public offering during the week of August 16th, just after the expected date for its second quarter results. A GM filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission is going to be the first step towards an IPO to reduce the government's ownership in the company that sits around $50 billion. Um, GM's aiming to complete its IPO before November, uh, where we get U.S. elections. Obviously, it's going to be a huge time of the year for the stock market. Um, If the elections run towards the Republicans... If we vote out the incumbents, you're going to see the stock market have a huge move on the upside. If you get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 
three four five five six three nine. You can go to my group Facebook page. It's a group page. It's I Hate Rob Black Facebook group. I Hate Rob Black. You can drop me an email, Rob at Rob Black dot com. Rob at Rob Black dot com. Or you can call the show eight hundred three four five five six three nine. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine. Rob Black and your money nine ten a.m. The Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio nine ten a.m. This is Rob Black and your money on the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 a.m. And now, Rob Black. We're back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. A couple people are calling and hanging up. Come on. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. One reason I do this show clearly is we are at a juncture. We've been at a juncture for the last 10, 20 years where it's just, it's ridiculous the way we spend money as a nation. It's ridiculous. And I find it problematic. And we balance our public service with our private. Sometimes public employees don't like private sector employees and sometimes private sector employees don't like the public service i can tell you on the east coast i'm from the east coast that the dmv is just awful i mean it's okay here comparatively on the east coast you feel like are they making fun of me like they are moving that kind of slow like they must they must hate us so we're in a situation now where we're starting to look down the road and we're gonna have to make a decision england is doing it right now there's a guy named david cameron he is the British Prime Minister, and he's got a small window where he can now try to make change because he just got elected. He could blame his predecessor. He could say, this was all Brown's fault. He overspent. He did it wrong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix his problems. Much like you're hearing Barack Obama right now saying, this is all the fault of President Bush. I didn't do this. This is his fault. Now, he's looking to cut, 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 cut aggressively. And it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting to watch to see if he's going to pull it off. Obama is saying, let's wait. He's saying, let's do it now. Now, we both can't do it at the same time, because if all the world governments were to stop and do it at the same time, the, the world economies would slide into double dip, triple dip type of recessions. So Cameron's going first. Obama's going to have to follow if he has any hope of uh, saving some respectability from his spending. Cameron's about to do an unprecedented experiment. He wants to cut 40%, 40% out of the, the deficit. That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. His public sector accounts for about 20% of all UK jobs. What is he going to do? First and foremost, chief economist at Unicredit, a guy named Marco Anuzadi. Uh, he said the austerity debate is now not about whether fiscal tightening in advanced economies is necessary, but when it should begin. So we're going to fiscally get tighter. It's going to happen. We're choosing to wait. Now, Cameron, Premier of, uh, Prime Minister of uh, the UK, he's going to cut 610,000 public sector jobs in the next five years. That's about 11% of the workforce. And keep in mind, they make up about 20% of total workforce. It's stunning. It's going to be, if he pulls this off, the world's going to applaud him. If he fails at it, <laughs> he's not going to get reelected. That's what it comes down to. Do you think Obama should be doing this first? Do you think we should be cutting, or, or do, you, do you wait for us to get out of that recession first? 
Let's get a phone calls. Let's get a Keith in Morgan Hill. Hey, Rob, how are we doing today? Doing well. Thanks for calling. Um, I was curious, ETFs and mutual funds, what exactly are the difference? Um, Exchange-traded fund is like a mutual fund um, in that it's a collection of stocks usually. It has a manager usually. It can be a passive index like a mutual fund. It could be an index mutual fund. Um, the difference with an ETF is you can buy it during the middle of the day, whereas a mutual fund, you have to buy it before the day or at the end of the day uh, before the trades go on. So that's the main difference. That's unusual. So um, that's the only difference between them is you purchase one in the middle of the day and the mutual funds you only purchase at the beginning or the end of the day. Well, it's not the only difference. I would say it's the most important difference. Okay. Um, I think ETFs have a better tax advantage. For instance, you don't inherit someone else's taxes. So let's say you bought Fidelity Magellan, the most successful mutual fund of all time. Um, and then there's a bad year and people start selling. You could actually lose more money than you invested because you have to pay the taxes and then your, your assets are down as well. So you inherit other people's capital gains, which is offensive to me. So it's there's some tax efficiencies inside of it. Um, I think, the again, like I said, the most important one is it can trade in the middle of the day, which, which is kind of interesting, Keith, because here's what can happen with an ETF. Let's say you were to pick up an ETF on China. Let's say China has this massive flood and it kills 4,000 people and there's a, a tsunami coming and it's going to kill another 100,000 people. Um, like India, the tsunami a couple of years ago where you know hundreds of thousands of people died. Now, what's interesting about that is that country, people will sell it because they, they, they have no economic activity. No, no, no. So they sell, 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 sell. So your India mutual fund could actually be trading at a discount. So to get $100 a stock, you only have to pay $85. So because the supply and demand of buyers and sellers. So ETFs, you can pay a premium. Let's say like, um, let's say the, uh, an ETF in North America on wind power is super hot and super sexy. Everyone's buying the snot out of it. You may have to pay a 15% premium. So you only for $100, you may only get $85 a stock, So which is the opposite of what I said earlier. So thanks for the call, Keith. Um, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. And it comes down to this, Keith, is you may like individual stocks. You may like mutual funds. You may like brunettes or redheads. You may like individual stocks or mutual funds or ETFs or whatever you're good at, whatever you're comfortable with, use that product. There's plenty of product out there. Let's go to Craig in San Pablo. Hi, Rob. I'm not your target market, full disclosure. I'm 66 <laughs> years old, but I do have an 803 FICO score. Nice. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I don't have much money, though. I have a total of 60000 life savings in Fidelity and Vanguard. And now with the real estate prices here, I'd like to not be a renter and, and thinking about buying my first home. Um, that would take all I've got, though. And Craig, Craig, how did you get 63 years on this planet and not save more money? Um, I, I went around the world in 80 days. Okay, that's impressive. I had a lot of fun along the way, but I didn't follow your advice. You weren't on the air 40 years ago. I was there 15 years ago, but um, back when you were a young 48, may I, may I throw that out there? Um, give me a little bit more on you, Craig. Um, say it again. How much do you have in the nest egg? I have 60000 in mutual funds, and I get 921 a month from Social Security, and I still work as a general contractor, but not a whole lot, construction being down. Yeah. And you want to buy a house with that 60000 Well, I'm wondering, would that be a smart move with my paltry life savings? To, I can buy a house now for the first time with the affordability, the way it's so low, you know, so good for, for people like me. Yeah. I, I, where are you going to buy a house for? Well, to live in it. 
Yeah, but no, where are you going to buy it? Oh, where? I'm thinking of the Bay Area, maybe not in the prime spots, but, you know, I live in San Pablo near San Francisco right now, and so I'd like to find some place around here, and I think I can. I've been looking at... um, How much do you make in contracting? Well, I charge 40 an hour. Okay. Is it under the table? Some. (laughs) Okay, I'm just... I got to ask, because I know that's a business, it's cash business more often than not, and that's one of your advantages. Yeah. Um, well, I, it bites you in the butt, though, when you, when Social Security comes. That's true. I, I didn't pay that much in over the years, so I don't get that much back. Yeah, and, and your problem is, are you married? I'm divorced. Okay. Um, I would do everything you can to work as long as you can. I would not buy a house. I think that is, is ludicrous. Really? Oh, yeah. You're talking about, you make $12,000 a year, plus your, your general contracting, which you didn't really quantify. So let's say you make thirty thousand. Let's say you make an eight, another eighteen thousand in in, in okay. blue collar work. Yeah, you could afford, in my opinion, an eighty thousand dollar home. Okay, I spoke with a with a real estate person. They said a hundred, but okay. Okay, you could probably do a hundred if you were to cash in. I mean, why do you want to own a home? What's what's the power there? Well, I thought that if I'm buying low, it's going to go up. <laughs> and you're one earthquake away from buying low, and no, no, it's buying high. <laughs> uh, or or the state of California never gets their problems right, the legislature never agrees on a budget, and we go to 20% unemployment, which uh, is, is not an impossible yeah. thought. Yeah. Okay, I get your point. I have two bumper music suggestions for you. Please, bring it on. Kiss, I want to rock and roll all night, and Joan Jett, I love rock and roll. Those are good choices. Thank good choices. You. I can't knock those. I will say this. I was afraid of Kiss when I was a little child. Uh, yeah, that's what they wanted. I know. They scared me. And I was I was the wussy child where everyone else was the cool kid because they, they loved the music. And then they came out with a wussy kind of song, Beth, from Peter Chris, the drummer. And the Beth, I hear you call it. And I was like, I, that was my secret end into Kiss. <laughs> I got back into it and I was cool again. But anyway, thanks for the call. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, Craig, you're in a very – if I were to give you a little bit more advice, I would work as long as you can. I would keep your budget down as low as you can. I would not touch the $60,000 in mutual funds. I think that's your only nest egg. And honestly, it's your only emergency money. Uh, putting it into a house, I think it's a little bit overrated. And uh, you're trying to buy low and sell high. I get it. But in the area that you could afford a $100,000 home, it may never go up. So the, the buy low, sell high will happen in Palo Alto. It may not happen where you can get a $100,000 home in the Bay Area. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Who wants to call the show? Be the next to step up. Coming up on the show, I've got some stock ideas for you. Five of them, in fact. The Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 9 to a.m. I'm Rob Black. Rob Black, your money. A little kiss action. Isn't it funny? I think I was six or seven when the song came out. And the cool kids got it. I didn't get it. I wasn't cool. I was kind of a nerd. Reminds me very much so of Ozzy Osbourne and Metallica and Blue Oyster Cult. The cool kids got that. I I guess I didn't have a cool dad or something because I like Barry Manilow. (laughs) I remember hilarious in second grade, a girl named Carol Lynch. Uh... I don't even know if I should tell this story, but it was a, a music dance class. Like in second grade, you actually left your homeroom to go to a music dance class. 
And the teacher would let us bring our own 45s in. So I brought in a Barry Manilow, Can't Smile Without You. And uh, we did a little dance. And Carol came up to me and she goes, cool music. I was like, that's cool. Like, that's one of those first moments in your life where you're like, uh, male, female, you got something going on. And it, it just feels good. Anyway, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Amazon.com is a big story today on Wall Street. Amazon really has been a, a tale of two tales, in my opinion. They were the internet retailer that we trust, which is pretty cool. Um, typically, when I need new sneakers, I'd go to Amazon.com. I'd get them there. They have my credit card. They've never blown it with my credit card. They're not a mom and pop with my credit card. I feel good about that. So I do a lot of purchases through Amazon.com. Some of them you don't pay taxes on. Like if I buy um, shoes from a, a retailer in Texas who uses Amazon's uh, platform, I may not end up paying state sales tax on it if that company doesn't have a business exposure in California. So that's pretty sweet because the sales tax in the state is pretty high or in the cities or counties that you're in, 9.5%, I think is the average. I only see that going higher. But although I, ha- I got to tell you that I, we've seen two instances recently in California, one where the citizens are freaked out about how much the councilmen make, and they're 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 getting them fired. The city is going to city hall and saying six hundred thousand dollars for a police chief is crazy. So finally, we're starting to finally show some. That's it. We're not going to take it anymore. It, it's not the Boston Tea Party, but it's starting to feel a little bit like that. And there's a city. There is a city. Um, in Southern California, and this was in the New York Times a couple days ago, that has basically outsourced everything. They fired their police. The police in San Carlos got fired. My, the, my home city, they fired the police, and we were, were you know, uh, using the San Mateo sheriffs. People aren't having sex in the streets. Donkeys aren't flying. Homes aren't being broken into. We don't really notice it, but we saved a lot of money just like that. And there's a city in South L.A., like I said, that's outsourced everything. Parking meter enforcers outsourced it. So it makes sense. Like if you if you look at it, hospitals outsource ambulances because they can do the service a little bit better. Um, not every hospital does, but there are private hosp- ambulance services for a reason. Anyway, um, back to Amazon.com. Anyone doubting whether competition digital books is having an impact, all you got to do is look at Amazon.com and, and read you know, their second quarter margins. Their marketing costs jumped to $211 million or 3.2% of their sales, up from $201 million or 2.8% of their sales in the first quarter. So in one quarter, they spent an extra $9 million in marketing, and it's, it's eating up their margins. So how much money they're able to save, the cost of their inventory, the cost of shipping, um, the cost of advertising. So if they sell something for 10 bucks, all of that gets factored into it, right? So Amazon.com executives are attributing the higher marketing costs partly to the broad-scale advertising promoting the Kindle e-reader. It's been hard not to notice a blitz of newspaper ads for the Kindle in recent months. Amazon's also been advertising on TV. Executives said, you know, uh, they're going to continue that this quarter because they're trying to get the Kindle in as many hands as possible because Apple's got the iPad and uh, Apple's got a marketing onslaught of its own. At some point in time, we're going to see a commercial for an iPad which the, the new iPhone commercials are a little annoying. They're showing iPhone 4 commercials, and a guy sees his, well, you see a guy in the phone, and then, up oh, there is his wife in the phone, and she's just gotten a haircut. 
and it's really short. Or there he is on the phone, and you see his wife on the phone, and she goes, guess what? I'm pregnant. You're going to be a daddy. There's Apple commercials that are effective, right? So anyway, you're, one day you're going to see an iPad where someone's going to be reading a book, and they're going to be turning the page, and you're going to go, and it'll be a good book. You know, I don't know, not like that Scott Turow, Pillars of the Earth crap. It'll be a good book. Um, it'll be something big. It'll be something powerful. It'll be something wonderful. Um, and Scott Turow probably didn't read Pillars of the Earth. I'm just throwing out two things that I know. One, an author. Two, the name of a book. And just making up fiction as I go along. So anyway, CEO Jeff Bezos recently acknowledged only a small group of serious readers likely would want a dedicated reader. He distinguished between the device and the demand for ebooks from the Kindle uh, store, readable, or a variety of devices. So far, his strategy seems to be working. Amazon said this week that it now sells more Kindle books than hardcover books. But Amazon's in the news today because they're down about $4 now, which is interesting because at the start of the day, they were down $14. So they've recovered. And I told you that they're a tale of two tales, right? With Amazon, you've got a situation where the retail numbers were, were you know, online commerce, 1990s, everything's going internet story. You can go back in history and, and see that on Amazon.com. You can go back to 1998 and the stock was about $125. Now today it's $116. So remember earlier in the show, I told you how McDonald's has worked really, really, really well over 40 years. Um, this has worked okay. If you go back to 1997, this was a $3 stock. Now it's a $116 stock, but it went from three to 116, 116 to 2020 to 116. So it's been a little bit of a roller coaster ride that not many people could take. Amazon.com is one of the biggest retailers in the world. Um, one of the biggest retailers in the United States, you know, obviously behind Walmart, but not by a lot. Amazon's catching up and uh, it's out of Seattle, Washington. They've got the incredibly goofy, toothy, wonderful CEO, Jeff Bezos. Um, Earth's biggest bookstore is now Earth's biggest auto parts store and electronic store and music store and drug store. You can get prescription drugs there. You can get MP3s and games and eBooks and they've kind of reinvented themselves a little bit. If you if you get where I'm going, they bought a company called Zappos.com, which does shoes. Um, a lot of people thought you'd never be able to buy shoes on the internet because, well, they may not fit. Well, they came up with a, a fix for that, and they've done a really good job of selling shoes online. So I give Amazon a lot of credit. In, in history, I'm going to give it a lot of credit. One of the things I'm going to do in the next couple of weeks is um, I've got some great classic literature from the 1990s. Um, I saved all my red herrings. I saved all of my um, Wired magazines where they would go, here's the top 100 tech companies to buy today. And it's cool. I, I pulled out some bedside reading the other night, which, again, not the sexiest in the world to you. But it is to me. And it was a, t a top 100 list in Red Herring. And honestly, I was like, oh, I remember that company. Um, like Webvan, things like that. You know, Webvan will deliver groceries to your door. And you just forget that people won't pay too much for groceries. So it wasn't the best idea, um, especially unless they're going to be able to, you know, strike a big partnership with someone like a Safeway who has cheaper food because they got volume, 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 volume then you can get a little bit of a premium of margins. Like that, and that brings us to the next business model that we can actually talk about, Whole Foods versus you know a Safeway or a Lucky's. Um, Whole Foods is a great business model. In large part, they figured out people will pay more for organic food, um, where there is another twist here. Trader Joe's comes out, and they're organic mostly, I think, uh, but they're cheap. cheap you know, they, they do a good job of cutting costs out of the whole, the whole business model. So anyway, 
web van was doomed to fail because there was nothing unique about the quality of food. And if there's nothing unique about it, if it's ribeye is a ribeye, now if it's a black Angus ribeye flowing in from Japan where the, the princess of Japan sat on it, like I'll pay a premium for that. Um, but they didn't really have anything all that unique. So anyway, I go through the old magazines and I, I do check up from time to time to see where we stand as far as um, where we've come. You know, uh, you got to do a lot of studying of history. So the big story today, big story today, again, GM is going to file an IPO on August 16th. That's that's interesting to note. Interesting to note. Um, but seven European banks failed the worst case stress test scenario and the market's rallying big on it. The moment that started to get out right around noon, it was about 1230 this morning. Um, uh, you saw the market go from down slightly to up 87 points, almost instantaneously. We took off a question mark. You can get your calls in the air by calling me at 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. Heard exclusively on the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.